You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. All right, are you prepared? You survived Friday the 13th, but now you have to live through Saturday the 14th. On this episode of 80s Revisited, it came out October 30th, 1981, the same day Ivanka Trump was born. As if I can make this episode All any more bad. lame. <laughs> so more on that bad. coming up on 80s Revisited. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. To be afraid of. Every shroud has a silver lining. So if you see every other chiller this year, you'll need Saturday the 14th. Be sure to see it before sunrise. Or not at all. Spoiler alert. We'll get into that in just a second. But of course... I'm your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my producer. The Saturday the 14th. Well, no, that's, the dis- that's a disrespect to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And, of course, I'm your host, Trey Harris, and we're here to talk about Saturday the 14th on your weekly Blast of the Past, when we can get it out on time. 80s Revisited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I'm really kind of speechless about this one. Wow, really? And let me get into that why, but let me get the who, what, when, where first. Sure. This released October 30th, 1981, according to IMDb. However, Wikipedia says August 14th, but for the sake of argument, we'll go with IMDb since you have to be a little more uh, important to edit on IMDb than Wikipedia. IMDb also gave it a 4.5, so that's a real hit to their credibility, though. Mm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 10% critics, 32% audience, zero information on budget, opening, worldwide, or rentals. I do have one number, and apparently it domestically grossed $4 million, which is more than it deserved. Uh, directed by Howard R. Cohen. No relation to the Cohen brothers. Any of their films I would rather watch than watch this film. He also, however, directed Saturday the 14th Strikes Back and Deathstalker 4, Match of Titans. Mm. Seems to me you would find these on those uh, bargain bin movies in Walmart with like 12 other movies. Oh, Walmart has higher standards than that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kmart then? Or I don't know, what's, the, what's lower um, than Walmart these days? K&B. Walgreens? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Drugstore discount bins. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, written, it was a story by Jeff Begun, a screenplay by the director Howard Cohen, who also mainly wrote children's cartoons, mainly Rainbow Bride and Care Bears. Uh, so yeah, that doesn't translate to film, as this is a startling example of. Uh, starring Richard Benjamin uh, as John. He was in the original Westworld. He's the main character pursued by Yul Brynner's Gunslinger. Mm. And also a 70s film, which I also watched a ton as a child, but haven't seen since. And hopefully it's not the same situation as this film, but a film called Scavenger Hunt, which was really funny. Oh, uh, he turned into a director. That is exactly right. He is a veteran of the podcast, not acting, but directing with The Money Pit and also the Dan Aykroyd, Kim Basinger, maybe classic? Stepmother is an alien. Uh, he uh, directed a film called Milk Money. Oh, with Ed Harris. Yeah, funny thing about that is uh, I got Milk Money on VHS for Christmas and my brother got uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He won. He definitely won. <laughs> I never watched Milk Money. I mean, did, you, did you ask for that? <laughs> no. Like, no, it was a random two pulls and he definitely won that. Wow. Yeah, I watched the hell out of Robin Hood. I don't think I ever watched Milk Money. <laughs> well, see, what you should have done is you should have taken a piece of tape and put over that little square on the corner of the VHS tape so then you can record something worthwhile <laughs> oh, over it. Oh, there we go. 
record so, Robin Hood Minute Tights. Yeah. <laughs> Over so you have two copies yeah, of it exactly. just in case. Because I was wearing it Something out. happens. Yes, he went, he went on to much better things aside from his acting work, at least in my opinion. And also st- starring Paula Prentice as Mary, his wife in the film. Uh, the only thing I've ever seen her in was the original Stepford Wives, which she played in a little one-off episode here and there on different TV uh, throughout her career. Mm. And they were married uh, and they are still married to this day. So mm. that, you know, some, something beautiful happened from this disaster. <laughs> and strangely enough, Jeffrey Tambor was in this film. There's As Waldemar, in the banana stand. of course, uh, <laughs> m- uh, transparent, Arrested Development, Hangover One, Three, Three, Hellboy One and Two. Uh, All and, uh, he's sorts won of like shit a now. ton of stuff, uh, a lot of uh, accolades for his role in Transparent. I know that much. Uh, Golden uh, Globe, yeah. Uh, and Svern and an Emmy, hey, two Emmys. <laughs> so he needs. Uh, no, he has to have a Grammy for the EGOT. Yeah, I don't so see him needs, singing anytime yeah, soon. I don't see him singing or. You know, maybe an Oscar in his future, but he's kind of old and up there, so he's got to find the right role, and then he's got to go to Broadway for the Tony. He's capable. I think he could, but he won't get uh, yeah, the Grammys probably. Be that's on the, that's the one. He has to like read. It's like uh, I'll write somebody's a song. audio book or something. <laughs> oh, there's a way. So uh, yeah, but uh, he's the highlight. Like it, I was like, holy shit, that's Jeffrey Tambor. Because <laughs> again, I have not seen, this movie. Oh God, is. Almost 31 years old, or am I doing my math right? 31? Yeah, roughly 31 years old. Almost over 31 years old. Wait, Whatever. the movie? Yeah, 81. 81. 36, That's... excuse me. Take your age, yeah, minus, minus one. one. I was getting confused. I was looking at 81, 2011, 91. See, Matt, that's why I, I host. I don't do the... I don't math. We've, many episodes host. have proven that. No. So yeah, this is an exceptionally old movie, so this was when he needed the work. Mm. Uh, although today he's much better than this piece of trash deserves. Mm. Uh, and Severn Darden was Van Helsing. He was also in Back to School and also Battle for and Conquest of Planet of the Apes. Mm. So he had some minor cred back in the day. Uh, now, again, I, why? Why did Trey pick this movie? Because Trey rented this movie several times when he was young and watched it many, many times because I couldn't rent Friday the 13th. But, I, oh, Saturday the 14th. It must be related to that. And it's only PG, so I can I could you know get my parents to rent it before the movie movie on video would let me just they knew my parents well enough to know that yeah well I guess they'll be okay with you renting this R-rated movie or stuff like that so you know th- that's why that's how I got exposed to this film mm. originally and you know you look at the cover it's got a for some reason a green face vampire and then it has a gill man on the back and it's like oh it's like a horror movie and I was shocked by two things one how bad the movie was watching it recently trying to watch it recently. It took me three viewings to get the whole movie in mm-hmm. because the first two times... Well, first of all, me and my wife, we watched Valerian, City of a Thousand Planets, which more on that on the Back to the Future segment. Sure. And then it's late at night, so, oh, I need to watch this for the podcast. It's an, and this, is, this movie's only like 80 minutes long, and I fell asleep. And I never fall asleep during movie. It is rare. We're watching it, watching it, and then next time, like... Credits, I'll open my eyes and a different movie's on because it's on my flash drive because I right. copied it from YouTube. <laughs> so it was playing, actually playing Sharknado 5 was the next movie. <laughs> no, that was, that's earlier because it has a bit alpha, alpha, alphabetically. I'm like, right, what right. the fuck? Like, what? Oh, sure. Oh, I, I missed the end of the movie. Jesus Christ. So I had to go back and like, this movie got good all of a sit 10 minutes. Yeah, right, that's, it, honestly, going from Saturday the 14th to Sharknado 5 was a drastic improvement. Wow. That's saying that says a lot. Uh, so then watched it again, and then I still don't remember the end of the movie. I'm like, Jesus, like, did I doze off again? So finally, fast forward it to it, 
the next day and watch the last 15 minutes of it to get it in. <sighs> so this, I can honestly say, this is probably the worst movie we've ever done on the podcast. Wow. At least I stayed awake for Xanadu. I've, I saw, I've seen Jaws Revenge multiple times as a kid. This one, revisiting it, this is shit. Absolute mm. shit. I really can't say anything good about it. <laughs> There's, I, like, I, but the other shocking thing was how like, violent it was. Like People were dying. There were severed heads showing up and all sorts of stuff. I was like, wow, I don't remember any of this violence. Mm. And uh, I will, Actually, I can give one compliment. They managed to keep the girl nude in the bathtub. Those bubbles stayed over all of her naughty bits. Uh, 100% as she's jumping and splashing in the tub. They did a great job of somehow keeping the bubbles where they needed to be. Wow. Much to my young age chagrin. And today, just like, what? Like, she's splashing in the tub and not one drop has gotten on her bubbles. Who's responsible? The set director, maybe? I guess, maybe. <laughs> or maybe whoever. Maybe they're uh, plastic bubbles. Props department. Something like to keep it on. I don't know how old the girl was in filming. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like I was shocked that like, you, know, they're they're hiding it, but they hit it very well for a movie of this the, caliber. The uh, property designer for it moved on to do movies like Tremors, Tremors oh. Two, Child's Play. Well, hey, two, not one. <laughs> well, two. Yeah. Chucky was much more animated and Pumpkinhead Two. Uh, I don't know about that one. Suburban Commando. Hey, Eddie <laughs> Freeze. Yeah. That's my favorite Hulk Hogan movie because of that one scene. They freeze so, Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. They're freezing everybody. They hit Hulk with you. Like, oh, no. Just shows him chugging this green liquid. Antifreeze. And then he kicks <laughs> their ass. And he drives home with Christopher Lloyd sticking out of his sunroof. So there's something good coming up. There you go. So the, he, he is the MVP of this movie. And that's a Jeffrey property Dimble. master. Yeah, so. Evo uh, Cristante. But uh, if you do want to see this movie, its entirety is on YouTube. I honestly do not recommend wow. it. Our good friend Ben Wyatt texted me as... Actually, as I was watching it, I believe the first time or the second time, I don't remember. It's all a blur because I had to drink. I was drinking wine that night. But uh, like, oh, hey, what's the movie when you record? Oh, it's Saturday the 14th. I'm watching it now. And he's like, oh, I might try to check it out. I'm like, don't. Just don't. Stop. This is, this is an episode <laughs> that'll be like down there with like the least mm. listened to. Unless I could be shocked and a lot of people remember it as a kid. Like, holy shit. A podcast finally covered Saturday the 14th. Here's the reason why. Uh. It's a garbage movie. Wow. Nothing is funny in it. The jokes are all... Like, as, an, as a, I can see how, as a kid, I'm like, okay, I see how I was entertained. Yeah. As a kid. As an adult, these are the flattest falling jokes. It's, <laughs> there's nothing redeemable about this film. Nothing at all. Do not recommend. Wow. Uh, at all. Uh, I'm sure you haven't seen it, Jesse, so don't ever watch it. I have not. Don't. Do not watch this film. But it's a sequel. No, I'm kidding. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I need to find look up the trailer for the sequel just to see visually what it looks like. But uh, this this honestly, this movie should have been like one of those one hour TV specials, maybe, and where they just got just more names in it just for a TV special or something. Hmm. But uh, that's almost a disservice because I would rather watch like some of the TV Halloween specials, like Mister Boogity, or even the sequel Bride of Boogity, over this piece of shit. But again. This movie endeared itself to me as a kid because a I could rent it at a very young age without any you know thinking it was a horror movie. It's not. It's it's barely a spoof. I mean, there's nothing Friday the Thirteenth about it. There's vampires and mm. Gilman in it. So I mean, it's more of a Universal monster spoof than anything to do with Friday the Thirteenth. There's not you know it's not a slasher parody. It's not like scary movie. It's classified as comedy fantasy horror. It should be qualified as crap comedy. <laughs> 
horror. more crap. <laughs> yeah, crap, 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 crap. Crap, 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 crap. But uh, uh, they're surprising. You know, there's been other films on here that I would consider way better than this that had maybe one or two behind-the-scenes trivia items. This one has a surprising amount for the shit quality of film it is. So uh, anyway, uh, it was given a limited release theatrically in the United States by New World Pictures in October of 1981. It was later released on VHS, which is where I found it, obviously, as a child. It wasn't released on DVD until 2001, and it's currently out of print, although Netflix currently has some copies available to rent if you wanted to. <laughs> so uh, that's the only way to actually get it, unless you hit, go through eBay. And I wonder how much it's going for, if you can even find a copy of it. Is it a collector's item or not? But uh, this was interesting. One of the few interesting things about it that as I was watching it, uh, I'm sorry, I'm typing into eBay as we're yep. looking. <laughs> I'm looking at user reviews on IMDb. And uh, there's someone that gave it a 10-star rating. And the title is, You Have to Understand. <laughs> I was drunk, high, and four years old when I saw this movie. And it changed my life. Yeah, I mean, he says uh, he prefers, like, the older, corny, 70s gore films. I guess that's the thing. It's still nothing like that. There's n- right. it, This is just badly, says shoddily if, made film. If you like Evil Dead, the original Friday the 13th, The Birds, or those old, grainy horror films, I suggest you at least watch it and see if you like it. You won't lose anything. Except time. <laughs> the one unrenewable resource you can never, yeah, yeah. ever get back. And you'll probably get a few laughs out of it. Worst thing about this movie, the one thing that drives me up the wall about it is that it's usually very hard to find. YouTube. There's a reason for that. YouTube. You're typing on the internet where it is right now. (coughs) Uh, Just for the record, it's going for about $15.92 on eBay. So about 20 bucks Mm. can get you a physical copy. Although that, that is a lot. Honestly, that is a pretty high price for a DVD. I'll give it that much. Usually... You know, I hate when movies fall back on the thing like it's supposed to be bad. Like whenever the room came out, yeah, he did not intend that he to be did, in an no awful way. Movie. Did he intend that? And then when at he all. embraced it, good thing because yeah. then he probably wouldn't have a career now. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, don't don't intentionally make a bad movie like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I thing, mean, unless you just want to make your friends laugh. Yeah, I mean, this is this is. I've seen films that our friends have made or that we have made that I can honestly say are better than this. Yeah. Hundred and ten percent. It's just this is a failing because you have a horrible director, you have a, a silly story, you have actors that I mean Richard Benjamin is not a I wouldn't say he's a horrible actor, but this is not you have the wrong people for the job. Yeah. You you know, you don't you have a, a wrench when you need a screwdriver. Uh Paula Prentice, I mean, I don't remember her being bad in the original Stepford Wise, that's my only point of reference for her, but it's you know, I'm sure she could do better. Right. But I mean, pretending to be a vampire like <sighs> Like, I mean, come on. It's yeah, just, they're, they're, he wasn't directing saying, do it worse. Yeah, there was nothing. <laughs> it, it's just bad. They did it as well as they could. Yeah. And it came out bad. Even though and I've then, never seen it. But I know that's yeah, the way that's, it goes. That's how it works. It was yeah. a paycheck. And, that you know, nobody cared about their... There's, if, so, if they were trying, then I, I've given Richard Benjamin and Paul Prentice way more credit than they deserve. Jeffrey Tambor is chewing scenery all over the place. Right. So watching it, I can see, like, he knew that this was silly. And yeah. he embraced it. And I'm just saying that because he's in it. But you can tell, if you happen to watch it, you'll see that he's really into his character. Mm. Like, I can see that character in a good version of this same story. You don't really have to change him. Well, there's a reason he became a star. Yeah, he had that. Yeah. He did something He was always going with to be a star, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, Sometimes you just got it. This was interesting. And th- this made it worth watching, at least, to look for 
understand when they shot certain scenes, but Paula Prentice broke her arm the day before filming started. So whenever she appears, when she's still in the cast, so for the first couple weeks of filming, you can tell it's early filming because her right hand is hidden. She'll have a coat over it, or she'll turn around and it's behind her back, or they, they hide it. Oh, in wow. Some, like, so every time you, she'll consistently have like a towel over her arm or something, like she's folding clothes or something, and that's how you could tell that's the early production. So that was fun to watch, at least like, oh, her arm's broken there. I hate that. And that was and that was more entertaining than this film, watching to see where her right arm was. Every time I hear something like that, I think of Red X, which is a film that we did. Mm-hmm. Which is it on in YouTube. leagues better than this, <coughs> which you should watch over this. It's on YouTube. I always think of, uh, I know Kara doesn't listen to this, so I don't care about talking. But right before we started production, she shaves her head. Yeah. I was and, like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to play this sweet character. We dubbed Sweet Kate, and now she's gone full. Ha- uh. Well, the wigs. Oh wait, yeah, it's right there. Yeah, I still have so, the wig. I had to go out worked. and buy a really nice wig, though. It worked. Yeah, and it. it I don't think anyone's ever noticed. Like, what's up with her hair? You know, it looks even, fine. even people that know her. If they were to go back, I don't know. They may say it looks a little more volume than normal. But. Hey. But yeah, whenever something like that, like it dooms your dooms your production a little bit. There's a lot of stories like that too. Like, like of course, numerous Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. Where he would get injured, and then they would like. I remember in Rumble in the Bronx, when he jumped onto that barge, he like broke his ankle. Mm. And then like when the other shots, you can tell they actually have a cast painted to look like his tennis shoe, <laughs> so that he could like do some of the other sequences. Wow. So like that's but uh, in the thing, Keith David had like a cast on his hand, which they. You know, casts don't come in skin shades. Nope. So they had to paint his cast his skin shade so it blended in whenever it happened. To yeah, sh- so I mean, he would hide it, it, but I mean, every, you know, you kind of quick little, oh, his hand's kind of fat looking there because that's yeah. actually the cast. <laughs> I mean, Things in like an HD that. world, though, it gets harder oh, yeah. and harder. It's like, you know, I don't like watching the Superman movies on Blu-ray because you see the wires. Yeah. All over the place. It's like, ah, oh, the magic is gone on oh, high definition. Blur it, please. Exactly, but uh, let's see. Of course, the title is a spoof on Friday the 13th, which uh, this film was made and released a year after Friday the 13th, so the spoof happened immediately. Like, oh, Friday the 13th, it's a big indie hit. Let's make a quick cash in Saturday the 14th, and they did within a year wow. of it. And it came out in 1981, the same year as Friday the 13th Part Two, which, again, you strike while the iron's hot, both for a sequel and for a, you know, yeah. excuse me, to capture the other end. Uh, and the principal photography lasted three weeks, so yeah, the last week of shooting, last few days are all ones when Paul Prentice's hand is not in a cast. Hmm. So, because uh, it's funny, you'll see some scenes early in the film where she has both hands, and you'll cut back later in the movie, and you can tell, hiding her arm, back in the cast, or, you know, this order of shots. Uh, none of the cast returned for this movie's 1988 sequel. You don't say. Which also strikes me, too, seven years later they make a sequel to a film that didn't make anything right why not just start over not even tie it into that and go full again haven't seen it to have no desire to see it call but, it something else you know have somebody in what what's a, a mask that would not be hor- horrific you know to spoof the hockey mask i don't even that know. would not be horrific yeah like maybe a catcher's mask or something so it's not funny like we see your face oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah or you know no one knows who i am when i put on the mask uh Save yeah it's you, it's you bob <laughs> bob what are you doing, Bob? Why are you killing no, everybody? I'm not Bob. I'm the catcher mask killer. <laughs> Bob, I, I, can, I can see you. Yeah. It's not me. And there's a mirror there. He turns and looks at it. <laughs> he turns Shit. back to them. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, 
I wear Bob's face. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I liked killing Bob. He screamed like a girl. Yes. But he had a really big I mean, penis. And he was, you know, like that typical alpha male, like, he, I, he probably got all the girls, so I killed him and took his face. I mean, he almost beat me up. Man, he was swinging that dick at me. There's a film. Done. Yeah. Copyright 80s revisited. No, we'll film that at our uh, on our the camp camp trip. <laughs> um, then, Saturday the 14th he strikes back the sequel got a 2.8 on IMDb. Cool. Now keep in mind the original got a 4.5. Right. So, so this is twice as bad. According to IMDb. Um, so. The tax assessor from Robin Hood Men and Tice to tie it all together participated in this movie. <laughs> well, he went on to much better things. <laughs> and speaking of Robin Hood Men and Tice, I will come back into play. At the end of the episode, because I needed to throw something in to fill in the monotonous drone of how bad this film is. Mm -hmm. But uh, last few things. Uh, this was one of a number of slasher movie spoofs made and released during the early 1980s that parodied the current cycle of films in that genre. Other films include Wacko, Never Seen It, Pandemonium, Never Seen It, Saw Student Bodies, but I didn't realize that was meant to be a spoof, and Class Reunion. All these were made, actually all of those were made in 92, except Student Bodies, which was 81. And I think Brad Pitt? Like, had a bit role in Student Bodies? I could be mistaken on that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, again, Friday 13th came out, made a big splash. You had Halloween before that. So, like, oh, this is becoming a craze. So, that's one of the first, you know, that's one of the big signs. Weird Al, or other artists, I think I was actually, Dave Grohl said this about Nirvana. Like, oh, we knew we made it when Weird Al wanted to parody us. Right. That is a sign of six, like, something's permanence in pop culture is when the spoofs start happening. Scream, for example, revitalized the spoof with Scary Movie, which then led to Epic Movie and uh, Superhero Movie. I think there's a superhero one. Uh, yeah. If not, I'm sure yeah, it's coming. I don't, I don't. After Scary Movie 2 or 3, I think it was 3 was the last one. I was like, okay, I'm, it's formulas. I'm right. Done. Scary right. Movie 2 was still the gem for me in that series. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the film was actually financed by Julie Corman, wife of Roger Corman. That says a lot about it right there. If you know who Roger Corman is, you know he... Pretty much does nothing but make horrible movies on the cheap. <laughs> uh, and that that explains a lot. That his wife produced, because she financed it, so she's technically a producer. So yeah, this is basically a Rob uh, Roger Corman film. Hmm. Uh, Score-wise, I wrote two down, but I'm going to go lower. I'm going to give it a one, because talking about it just really makes me hate it. And wow. I, I am shocked. This, this is a like dark secret of my childhood now, that as a kid, I liked this film. Would you ever watch the sequel? No, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch the trailer, and if it looks halfway like, <laughs> if there is anything that looks decent in it, I might see it. A, see if I could find it. I imagine it's probably on YouTube in its entirety. Uh, I don't. I don't foresee that though. Here's a summary: Eddie and his family have just inherited a spooky wreck of a house. What they do not know about the house is that it was built over an evil passageway, but they are soon to discover the wacky evil it releases. You had me until you added the word wacky. Wacky, in there. I don't know. What and that's hell? a that's a story that's been done with the gate and also. I mean, even it's a, as a, if it's meant to be a comedy, but if it's got to be a comedy, you have to. Comedy, fantasy, horror. Same thing. Comedy is hard. We talked about that before. If we had that exact, if we had this set and these costumes, we could we would have made a horror film. We would not have tried to do comedy because comedy is difficult. It is not easy, and this is perfect. They probably thought, oh, this is funny. They probably had a great time making this film, but with most. Films that you see on YouTube that kids make with their parents' video cameras or iPhones today or whatever, it's not good. It is mm. not funny. You, and when the jokes are grown worthy, 
repeatedly, that's a sign. Yeah. Now, I'm sure older people probably cracked up at this. You know, to be honest with you, like the older, like, <laughs> you know, from the age of right, the 70s yeah. sitcom, you know, Dick Van Dyke, that kind of thing. All that was 60s and the 70s. You know, so I, I, I see, I can understand how some, first of all, I understand how me as a kid liked this film because I had easy access to it, you know, and it did have blood in it. It had some horror in it and minor horror, horror done bad. Again, there's nothing good about this film. There's nothing worthy about it. So yeah, I'll give it a one. I'll say this is the worst film I've ever had to watch for the podcast. Wow. Mark I would it. watch Xanadu over it. There's another one we did recently that was bad too. I'm trying to think that I said was like, I debated between having to rewatch it or Xanadu. And I picked Xanadu, I think. So actually, there is something worse than Xanadu that we've covered recently. We always call it the Xanadu test. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was recent. I would look, f- I would look forward to rewatching Xanadu <laughs> rather than having to watch this. Garbage Pail Kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I know I rated Garbage Pail Kids higher than a one. I don't remember what I rated it now. This is on par with Garbage Pail Kids. Wow. Okay, I would watch this over- if I had to pick. Mm-hmm. I would pick this over Garbage Pocket simply because this one is 80 minutes, 81 minutes long, and I would get done with it quicker. <laughs> and I also know it can put me to sleep, so a good chance I would just fall asleep right. and not necessarily lose so much of my cognitive awake life. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust was also one you weren't too crazy about. Well, that's... that's crazy a crazy... Yeah, yeah it was that's a different, different level. Yeah. yeah. Like, if I had never seen it before, and I could go back and either tell myself you pick Saturday the 14th, or I'd say, watch Cannibal Holocaust. It's, gonna, it's fucked up, but you have to watch it at least once if you're a horror film. Right. Horror film fan. You have to see what it's about and know that, be able to say, yep, saw it, never need to see it again. Although I've seen it three times. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of wraps, that's all I want to donate of my life talking about this film. Yeah. So uh, to fill in some time before we get to Back to the Future, I made a <laughs> quick list of my top 10 parody movies. Oh. Uh, so we'll just run through those real quick. And I said Robin Hood Men and Tights make another appearance, and it does at number 10. Nice. No, no a lot of people like, that's most people, I think, I think a lot of kids... Or excuse me, I say kids because I'm timeless in my time, so to speak. Uh, but a lot of people a bit older than me, like around Autumn's age, they tend to like, that's one of their favorites. Yes. And it is, it is one of my favorites, but I grew up, you know, more so uh, not growing out of parody movies at that time because it's still a fantastic parody. But mm-hmm. I had other things, as I'm going to go down this list, that precursored that, mainly other Mel Brooks films. Yeah. You know, and they all, not that he recycles jokes, but they kind of feed into each other. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's coming from the same writer and people yeah. like it, so why not? Exactly. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my favorite. If you ever watch it, like, for story, there's a lot of holes in it. Yeah. but uh, It feels like he just put a bunch of scenes together, which is how you make a movie. But um, at the same time, they talk about, like, there's the one scene where he's talking to the uh, latrine, which... Mm-hmm. And uh, they make this whole plan to get the sheriff to fall in love. Never Never happens. happens. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we like the scene where they plan it, but we didn't like, you know, her carrying out the thing. So we'll cut that scene. Yeah. Leave the planning in there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But also, when I go into a film like that, I don't care. Exactly. You know, but you're exactly right. (laughs) You know, that maybe it just didn't, maybe the the resolution wasn't funny enough for by Brooke's standards. We said, oh, we'll just cut it out with this. I love this first spot. We're going to leave the first spot in. (laughs) Uh, Number nine for me, Mel Brooks. Again, you're going to see a lot of Mel Brooks on here. Sure. Blazing Saddles. Uh, Still, it's on, I think, hopefully it's still on Netflix. That's a great film I just put on. You got great performances. You're talking about parody, uh, Robin Hood Men and Tights, even parodies this film. You know, references it. 
a black sheriff. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. When you said this film, at first my mind went to me this Saturday the 14th. Like, wait, wait, what? No way. No. <laughs> Mel Brooks is way too classy to ever do that. To taint no, no, his no. legacy. Blazing Saddles. Yeah. A black sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> See, and, that, and, and that's, that's, that's Mel Brooks. Yeah. That's that, this, how, good, how much, how good he is. Now, number eight, it's, I was debating, uh, you, you can consider it a spoof. It's, it's Galaxy Quest. It's nice. not a spoof in regards like Blazing Saddles or so, a lot of these other ones are, but it's definitely making fun of not just the show Star Trek, but the real world characters. Right. So for me, it's on the list. Sure. But at the same token, I didn't put Monty Python and the Holy Grail on the list because that's almost its own movie. It's just That's just a version of the Arthurian legend, even though it is technically kind of spoofing it. So maybe I need to rethink the list because Monty Python would definitely be on it in that regard. <laughs> Okay, Monty Python is, it's so good, it's beyond, it's a tie, okay? I'll, right. Because I, I love that film, but I, the more You're I... talking about Holy Grail? Yeah. Yeah. The more I was thinking uh, about Holy it, Grail it's like, definitely a parody, it's almost its own movie, though, because it's not parody another movie, so but it's parodying old, yeah, a story. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, there's a technicality for this list for me. <laughs> it's parodying a story, not something, like a, a legend... So, yeah, where do you draw the line as far as parody? Like if that's I, the heart. That's the like gray I just area. googled best spoof movies. There's some on here that I don't know if they're parodies. Yeah, I did the same thing when I was looking it up because I knew I'd forget something. I'm like, oh, Monty Python. And like, as I was looking, like, oh, we could talk about that when you're done because I don't want to give any away. But I don't think this is going to be on your list. But uh, well, we'll talk about it when you're done. Okay, moving on. Uh, eight was Galaxy Quest. Seven, I go back to Mel Brooks with Young Frankenstein. Yeah, still. So fun, still and, relevant today. And, and what I like about Young Frankenstein with Mel Brooks is that it's—I think it's much more of his subtle comedy in that one, mm-hmm. as opposed to as he—I guess you could say evolved like with a future one on. That's a hint on the countdown, <laughs> and also Men in Tights and Blazing Saddles. Although I think Blazing Saddles was before Young Frankenstein. But uh, uh, Young Frankenstein, nineteen seventy-four. Blazing Saddles was 74. Oh, same year. So the oh, wow. release was December, so I'm guessing Blazing Saddles was first. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Frank, yep, it, February. it's very, it's, you have such good actors, you have good actors in Blazing Saddles too, and, mm-hmm. and Robin Hood, Ben Tyson, don't be wrong, but I mean, Gene uh, Wilder, you know, oh, sorry, it's Young Frankenstein, pardon me. Uh, but you know, the, the, the subtle things, you're jamming the pin into his leg. Yeah. Uh, just the, the, and that's, that's where I find that's the best comedies to me have that they have those layers. You watch it the first time, you're dying laughing. You watch it again, you're still laughing at the same stuff, but also the stuff you missed. And that's how Ghost. That's why Ghostbusters is still funny. That's why mm-hmm. the Three Amigos is still funny. That's why a lot of these movies on here are still funny because that's when you start looking past the jokes at the subtlety that they're doing. That I, I've seen this movie fifty times and I never caught that. Mm. And that's genius comedy. Uh, number seven, uh, excuse me, uh, so that was number seven, number six for me, the original Airplane. Yeah. Uh, still relevant, Very still classic. Quotable. Yeah. Uh, number five, probably the most recent film, and this is a personal preference because I fucking love this film, and you do too, Jesse, and it's Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even call that a recent thing. Well, to that me. It's the 90s, right? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the most recent of these late 90s. Yep, and it never gave us that sequel, sequel that they, they promised. Kept to, uh, but 2002. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't seem like that long. I mean, it does seem, it seems recent. 15 years. Yeah. Cool. Underappreciated. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> and it's definitely a spoof because it, it takes the lot. old footage, incorporates it. Yep. It's, it's a, fantastic. It's a spoof of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever movie that was, I don't remember. All right, this is the hard part, narrowing down the top four. 
Oh, they're all hard because there's, there's a lot of good spooks out there. Don't get me wrong. These are just the ones that I watched repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And Holy Grail is one of those. It's just I don't like right. talking about before. It's the top 11. <laughs> Number four, <laughs> National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. Nice. Um, lo- and, and My thing- first entrance to Samuel L. Jackson. Exactly. And, and I say recently, but again, we know how I am with time because I live in some bizarre, bizarre sort of time warp. But And Tim Curry. Yeah. Feel the minutes, guys. I think that's probably like the and first Whoopi role Goldberg that I remember and, and, him in. Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And uh, still lovely Kathy Ireland. <laughs> Wilderness Girls. Uh, great cat. I mean, that's still... That's funny. Of course, I love Christmas Vacation. I love your. I love all the Chevy Chase ones. But in terms of like National Lampoons, this is probably my favorite. Yeah. It is the William Shatner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> every, I mean, it's so fucking funny. Yep. And again, it's one of those you watch it repeatedly and you're picking up all the cuz it is it's the silly type. It's the airplane family type spoof. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous things. These matches say you're lying. Opens it up, <laughs> they say written on there you're lying. You're lying. <laughs> He's money laundering. There's money. He's got wa- washing machines going with the money in it. <laughs> you know, it, it's that silly it's stupid humor, but it's done serious. You know, mm-hmm. Samuel Jack, these matches say you're lying. Like he's not playing a joke. I mean, like they're, they're going through their scars, detachable arm or like Arm got blown off. Vietnam, like pulls his arm off, and and it's felt like spoofing a great movie too. Yeah, all yeah. the whole trilogy and the jokes hit. Yep. So it's that's and I think that one's a forgotten gem yeah. in terms of comedies. But like you said, Samuel, I didn't even remember that was him until I watched it a few years ago again, like for the first time in a while. Oh like, wow! Yeah. Holy shit! That was Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I don't know who I thought it was. Nineteen ninety three, Samuel Jackson, right before he did the other movie that a lot of people parody now, Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Because that was, what, 94? 94, yeah. 94, yeah. Uh, 94 cop- was a good move, a good year for movies. Mm-hmm. You could have a whole podcast called 1994 <laughs> Revisited. Yeah, because uh, we have a good friend named Cliff who rallies against 90 cinema. And he's, he is right. If you want to break it down, there's a, wow. there's a ton of trash that came out in the 90s, mainly because CG became affordable. But mm. that doesn't mean it's all bad. <laughs> like you said... The yeah, rise of I mean, Tarantino. I mean, there, there was the, 90, the '90s were a great time for cinema, but it was also one of its worst decades, yeah. I should say. But let's be 1994, honest. 1994, though, Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption, Lion <sighs> King, The Crow. That's just the that's four just that, that they listed right there. See, Got Dumb and Dumber. Got one of the funniest <laughs> True, films. True Lies. You know, Ace Ventura. Best. Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> Stargate is. I, I watched. I rewatched that recently, and it's better than I originally time thought it cop. was. Oh, 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 Time Cop's top three Van Damme, bro. Speed. Hey. First one's still good. That's a movie yeah. that, that came out, too. I remember I was in high school. Like we had to, uh, it was it 96? Was that Speed? No, these are all 94. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, duh. Dirt traits. Keep up with <laughs> Keep stay where you're at. Because I remember I was, I think, a, not a, a sophomore. Yeah, sophomore in high school. And all the, all, you know, I had, a, I had biology. Or biology too, because I didn't have to take biology one. So right. I was with the older kids, like, yeah, speed's fucking awesome. I'm like, holy shit, I gotta see this movie. These kids are talking about this movie. It sounds amazing. So I had to sneak in to go see speed. And of course, that's where I fell in love with Sandra. No, Demolition Man was before that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was, I wanted to see, oh, Keanu Reeves, fuck yeah. Wait, Demolition Man. That'd be like 93. 93, yeah. Yeah, that's where I fell in love with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Dennis Hopper, just rewatched Waterworld last night for the first time in years because Autumn had never seen it. Mm. That movie's shit. Yeah. <laughs> Now I remembered it being not I remembered it not being good right. but not being as bad as most people recollect it being. And story-wise, it's not the story. The story's, you know, it's the effects and just the 
the act, you know, Dennis Hopper is the best part of it. That's why I bring that up because he's he's such a good villain. It was nominated for an Academy Award. What well, one like best, best sound, sound or something? Or did no, it not just win? Nominated, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was the most. Expensive, I remember when it came out. It was the most expensive film ever made until it was nominated guess, for four Razzies. Deserved every one of them. It unless it was won worst supporting actor Dennis Hopper. Nah, he was great in it. He's <laughs> he's great in it. That's the only one it won. What? Yep. Worst picture, worst actor, worst director. Didn't we're just nominated. Well, this isn't '90s revisited, so. <laughs> well, but, uh, we still have a couple more, top three now. Sure. But uh, yeah, the '90s it's hit and miss because, uh, for me, I saw a lot of what I would consider garbage cinema because in the '90s is when I got my own car, mm-hmm. had a job, so yeah. I would go to the movies every weekend and watch trash. South Park movie came out in the nineties. I, I remember taking off, skipping school to go see the South Park movie, yeah. and that was, you know, again, you, every decade has its black eyes, mm-hmm. you know. But the nineties had, a, I think, the problem with the nineties is it had just that garbage CG kind of fest in a lot of films. That the not a lot of eighty movies, a lady, uh, yeah, a lot of eighties movies to me, and the, as we've talked about on the podcast, hold up. I think because you're dealing with practical effects. That those are timeless. Now, granted, oh, it looks a little muppety or whatever, but it's there, it's real. When you watch Waterworld and this CG is happening underwater, and you see that, I mean, <laughs> just how bad it is. It's like, oh god! Like, how did even at this time, how did we think this was good? <laughs> you know, and it's and but also at the same time in the '90s, you know, you have Jurassic Park. So to me, it's all yeah. unexcusable that you you have CG that's shit when you have Jurassic Park, right? Well, which, they snuck it in there. Which, in, which yeah. in high def, holds up. Yep. The CG in Jurassic Park holds up. Yep. And That's most true. other movies in the 90s, I mean, you can count on one hand, I think, how many of the movies in the 90s hold up to today in terms of the computer-generated effects. Oh, barely any. Yeah, that's a short list. Uh, Forrest Gump. Still watch that today? I mean, you know, all the technology yeah. of putting him in yeah. the old footage well, looks, be- looks better than what they try to do today sometimes. But anyway, top three, number three for me, one of my personal favorites and one I need to, I, I'm, I want to watch it, both it and its sequel, like right now, just talking about it, Hot Shots. Huh. Uh, absolutely. Topper. Topper Harley. <laughs> so both of them were great. Both Hot Shots 1 and Part 2 were fantastic. Because, of course, the first one, Spoof and Top Gun, second one, the Rambo films. Yeah. And does a great job in both of them uh, when Charlie Sheen was hot shit. Yeah, he was. And just the first Hot Shots is so great. Just thinking, thinking back about the jokes, <laughs> and then a uh, top two. Now this was hard for me because because we'll I'm looking at the same best spoof movies Google list you're looking at. There's still a lot here. Uh, number two for me, Spaceballs. Obviously, Star Wars fan, nice. and grew up. That was the one in my childhood I grew up watching the most because it was a spoof of Star Wars. Yeah. So obviously that drew my attention to it immediately, and it's still funny. It is. So for me, that's a real personal. I know a lot of people prefer Men in Tights over that one, but for me, mm-hmm. it's Spaceballs because more nostalgia. But number one, it has to be a Leslie Nielsen film, and it has to be the original Naked Gun for nice. me. Nice. So it goes without saying. We covered on the podcast, yep. the Naked Gun is laugh out loud funny no matter how many times you see it. It is, in my opinion, my favorite spoof. Mm. If well, I had to choose. Looking at this list, I wonder if any of these would make your list. Um, I mean, there's some that you have covered already, like Top Secret and Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. 
I wrote them down. Like those are like because I, I looked at the list on Google. Yeah, and you just and I just wrote them. Out. I was like, okay, that ah, I like this better than this, so I can't. But one that stuck out for me anyway, Team America. Oh, I didn't even think about. I don't even know if that popped up. I guess that would be a spoof then. Yeah. Because it's spoofing Thunderbirds spoofing, and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it's it's a lot. So yeah, definitely that would be top. Tropic Thunder. See, I saw that, but to me, that's oh. more that if I had to consider that a spoof, then Three Amigos is a spoof. Because Tropic Thunder is Three Amigos. That's true. But what was the movie we just? Oh, uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah, kind of falls in the that's, same line. And see, as that, that was my thinking. Like, ah, oh, but they're going, they're combining Galaxy Quest. To me, I drew, I drew the line there because Galaxy Quest combined a lot of real life, like the scene in Galaxy Quest where Tim Allen hears him talking about how stupid he is in the bathroom mm-hmm. was based on William Shatner, his autobiography, hearing people tell him how, like, talk about how stupid he was and why he was in the bathroom. They didn't know he was in the bathroom. Right. And it, it played a lot on that in that movie about how. William Shatner, you know, Tim Allen was an asshole. William Shatner's an asshole. Uh, I don't know. Never met the guy, but that's just the stories you hear. Sometimes George Takei has <laughs> talked about how William Shatner was to him back in the day. Not necessarily today, but, you know, all those sort of things kind of played in. So to me, it was it was a spoof. of. Yeah. I would consider Galaxy Quest more of a spoof than Three Amigos or Tropic Thunder because they were telling... It was a movie about a movie or a movie about actors. So, And then there's the Simon Pegg movies. See, those are on there too, but to me, too. they're not spoofs. I didn't think so. They're either. just comedy. It's a comedy. It's a zombie comedy. It's in, inside of a genre. It doesn't make yeah, it a spoof. It's not, yeah. you know, honestly, a spoof to me is airplane, naked gun, where like well, outside of reality, th- things it, happen outside that don't happen. Right. Tropic Thunder. Storyline wise, I could put them side by side and be like, here's a silly version, here's a serious version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it, honestly, by that regard, though, Galaxy Quest doesn't do that. That's true. So I'll, I'll and take... And Team America doesn't do it either. It's just we're using the same things these other people use, but here's a whole new story. Yeah. Which is kind of like what Galaxy Quest does. Here's the thing that people yeah, are used to. Yeah, it's a gray to. area. Yeah. So I'll take Galaxy Quest off for continuity's sake and <laughs> throw in... Uh, let's put in... Hmm. I'm debating between Top Secret. Let's do Top Secret because that one... I'm, I'm, I saw that more than I've seen This is Spinal Tap. So that'll be number 10 for me, top secret. And Val Kilmer's great. And uh, the whole underwater fight scene, we covered on the podcast, of course, but it's got some... That was, uh, I think that was before Airplane? Was top secret? No, that would be after... 1984. Okay, yeah, because it was by the... That was the tagline, I think, from the people that brought you Airplane or something. Because it was Zucker and, I think, uh, that same kind of group. Yeah, from the makers of the original Airplane. Yeah. So I'll throw... For continuity's sake, we'll take off Galaxy Quest and go... Cause let me double check here. Spoof. We got some other spoof, honorable spoof. mentions on here too. Um, for Matt's sake, one of his favorites is Walk Hard. Yeah, that was on there, and like I was like, yeah. I love it, mm-hmm. but to me, these other ones are yeah, yeah. Funnier, you know. Not gonna break the top ten. Yeah. Um, Walk Hard's phenomenal. Like I think that's one of the better. Mars Attacks. Reasons. See, I wouldn't consider that a spoof because it's based on a comic book and a train card. I mean, it's based on a train card. And then one that's definitely a spoof, MacGruber. Yeah. That has speaking jokes of Al Kilmer, worth mentioning. So. Uh, I don't know if it'd break the top ten, but Not it's definitely mine. funny enough. It's, I mean, it's worth watching if you like. Yeah. I mean, because those skits were always would crack me up. Yeah, Ron, I remember. Give me that dog turd. I'm not touching that dog turd. It just has it. some funny jokes in it. It's definitely yeah. not a great movie, like, <laughs> but it just has some jokes worth mentioning. Yeah, definitely. It has a 5.5 at IMDb, so yeah, people know that's, that it's that's not where a I would great say movie. it would belong. Yeah, you know, it's it's worth watching for the the you know once and then not, for the off the wall jokes. Yeah. It, work, it works for what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. So there, that added some time to the 
in a little uh, good conversation to this otherwise dismal movie that I had to watch. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so let's keep it going. Back to the Future. Uh, finished Stranger Things too. We touched on that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, liked it. Not as good as the first season. Absolutely uh, agree. Um, so the what's up with the uh, Power Ranger guy? Yeah. Question. Nothing is nothing up with is him. Up with him. <laughs> no, I liked. I didn't want to tell you the answer to that. Yeah. But nothing happens with him. Th- <laughs> oh, spoilers for. <laughs> oh yeah, Stranger, Stranger Things, things too. too. Spoilers from now on. So friends that are watching it, uh, you've been warned. But yeah, yeah. overall it was great. Still, episode seven could have been left out completely. I think. Yeah. That was just filler. Although, like you said, I mean, I definitely agree. There, that's going to be something that might come back into play in season yeah, three. Absolutely. So we'll see where that goes. But I did. That, that's the, the thing that, that the the only bad thing about it is I liked that act, the Power Ranger guy actor. I mm-hmm. liked that dynamic. Like, where is this going? Like, is he going to show up? In, I thought he was going to show up and save him or something. Like, you know, fuck you, Steve. Blah blah blah. And then like, holy shit. I thought then, it might be something with the lab, or I thought it would be more than that because he made sure to say, like, you're not my sister and stuff like oh, that. Oh, like, yeah. Like they were forced something together for that some he reason. Knew about. Yeah, or he rolls up his sleeve in 007 or some <laughs> shit. You know, who See, knows? That would have been cool. I mean, why would they come back to that town? Who knows? Or, you know, maybe he could be part of that movement. That's, yeah, uh, to go from to California, take, take like he said, to. Yeah. yeah. It's like I moved back because, you know, I know eight and we're going to take down this lab. And yeah, that would have been more sensical to me based on what was established before. Yeah. Aside from I'm going to go to Chicago and become a punk yeah. with this group. So but, no, he's just some dude with the power of being a dick. <laughs> but, see, but then also they, in that episode eight, they it felt bad for him because you see exactly why he's like that because of his dad. Yeah. And like, but I wanted... it's in, inside the world of Stranger Things, it's such a basic story. Yeah, it is. But I felt like, I felt sympathy. Like I know I know why he's an asshole now, and I kept hoping that, you know, because again he w- he wasn't bad in Power Rangers, but in I liked the character in this because he was an asshole, yeah. but he wasn't he didn't go full asshole. Yeah, you know he was <laughs> like you didn't you, you were not supposed to like him, but like I can see the good I can see the good in him. <laughs> I can see like where this this art could go and be something really good. Yeah, uh, but then they just throw in that one shot when before the Max goes to the dance and he just looks at her and keeps walking yeah you yeah. know so I, w- I would rather have a scene at the end where he takes max and they leave his, his parents because the dad is a shit ball yeah and he breaks that cycle of abuse that obviously he's exhibiting himself and onto max and all that uh but yeah overall liked it when it's good as the first season and i think that's mainly due to the uniqueness of the first season when it came out yes because it came out of nowhere i'm just like oh what's this looks the artwork looks kind of 80s if i hadn't and I think that's affecting Boom. people's votes on IMDb as well. I'm looking at the voting of all the whole thing. And season one is hovering around eight and a half to nine. Mm-hmm. Season two hovering around nine to nine and a half, which doesn't deserve it. No. Except for the episode you mentioned, episode seven, sitting at 6.4. It actually dropped yeah, to that's, point that's one. That's accurate. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's still a good se- I mean, I, I love the series. Don't get me wrong. But- yeah. When it first that first season was something very special. Yes. When it came out, and this one, the story got bigger, which is I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's what maybe lost a little bit of the charm because it was very isolated with the boys, and like, it had that ET aspect, it had the Goonies aspect, uh, with them being so tight. And but I did like in this one how each character kind of got their little storyline, but they're all kind of separate. The kids weren't really together except for at first. And then they all, halfway through the season, they're in different directions to where, like, Dustin's like, Code Red, Code Red. And then yeah. you, have, you have all that joke going on. So, 
because the chemistry they have as a group is so good. But however, that did lead them to bring in Steve because he's still my favorite character now. That everything, uh, the hero, yeah, and the whole thing in the end, you know, it, it, that was so '80s, or I say '80s, but could just because a that's when it takes place, but also that's a trope you would see then. You know, you have with Dart, like, hey, Dart. Let us go, Dart. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, it's so uh, you know he's gonna die, but yeah, he, you yeah. know, he's still a good little Demogorgon. <laughs> so, yeah, but overall, totally worth watching. Uh, also, of course, like I teased last week, I saw Thor. Jesse hasn't, so no spoilers. Uh, however, because uh, I know our good friend Ben Wyatt with the Asia Mania podcast has seen it, uh, I wasn't as high on it as he was. Uh, it's definitely, I don't think it's better than Guardians Two. Uh, again, it's being. Revered already in just advertising and promotion as being the best Marvel movie. No, IMDb it's not. gives it an eight point two. Yeah, I'd give it maybe a. I've only seen it once. I'm getting. I don't. My biggest thing is I. I liked the movie. I liked it a lot. It was. It was a fun film, and that's the key. That's and that's also my complaint with it. It is a comedy first and foremost. This is a comedy. It is a well-done comedy. But again, I go when I see a movie called Thor Ragnarok, like I mentioned before we were recording, Jesse, Ragnarok mm-hmm. is the Norse gods' apocalypse. Yeah. The end of their world is what Ragnarok is. And you'll see how that ties into the movie when you watch it. So I was, I was going in thinking, okay, it's going, to be, you know, it's going to be very similar to Guardians, which it was. Yeah. Very mm-hmm. similar in terms of feel and everything. But I like that feel, so that wasn't necessarily a critique. But it was just like, this is very... Guardians. However, it was very unGuardians because I forget the name, the guy's name, Tahit. I want to say Tahiti, but it's not his name. Ta- Takia Y. Left, the director's the name. actor. He's the director too. He's a he voices a character in that, but he's he's done oh, more yeah. acting than directing. Because I looked him up the other day. T T. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember Take his a, name. But uh, Takeaway. I don't know. He's <laughs> in th- this film is all style and very little substance, which. Again, I enjoyed it. I had a smile on my face from beginning to end. However, at the same time, I'm like, okay, that's... I need a release here from the... Con- like, okay, I had to keep accepting that this is going to be a comedic film from start to finish. Which, with what's going on on screen, I was like, okay, you need to rein in the humor a little bit. You have to have that balance, which is what James Gunn excels at in all of his films. If you're going back to Slither, uh, Super, uh, of course, the Guardians films, they balance... You have... Fantastic laugh out loud comedy, but then when you need that, when the when he has to punch you in the gut, James Gunn knows how to do it, and it's effective. It's like a Pixar movie. Happy, mm-hmm. happy, happy, having fun. Oh shit! There, these toys might actually die, and I fucking care. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's again, that's my. I did not hate it. I like it. It's not my in my top five. Yeah. Uh, Kate Blanchett is aw- every every character was great in it. However, I do have some, like, uh, Kate Blanchett was great. She was very Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Like, a little scenery chewing, which, I right. that's fine. It's a comic book movie. But they make Hella to be so badass, and then it's just, you'll see when you watch it. Right, right. You know, uh, all the Hulk stuff, I wish they would not have revealed that Hulk was in the film. That would have been a cool reveal. Because they're, you could tell, they don't want you to, they, they, they don't tell you who the champion is until... Yeah, he comes out, and but that's in the fucking trailer. Yep. If you've seen the trailer for this film, you've seen most of the movie. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I, 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 walking out, I was like, I, I feel like the trailer gave away way too much. Just like we talked, and you know, uh, and in front of this film, they play the Star Wars trailer, which I stared at my popcorn for two and a half fucking minutes <laughs> because the, when the director of a film comes out and says, oh, "Yeah, I don't think you should watch this trailer," 
That means you shouldn't you watch the trailer. You come in late like we were talking about? We talk, well, we did. We actually came in as like it was coming on. I was just like, oh, shit. I bet. And, and it was great because it was, it was the last trailer they showed. So I'm like, oh, oh, thank goodness. And then I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and it, I, I had a feeling it was the last one. So like, get you know, just, I'm just going to look down. Just, you know, because listening to it, I didn't gather much. I'll be honest. Right. Like, you know, I feel like I, I think that's, a better experience going into it than seeing what was happening because we're adults. When we see something happen in a trailer and then we don't see it happen in the movie, we remember that or we're expecting it. In the Hulk Ragnarok trailer, you see, I mean, excuse me, Thor Ragnarok trailer, the la- the money shot is Hulk jumping at Surtur and you're, the whole time I'm like, hey, I know that's coming up. No matter what happens right now, so, I know this is coming up. Does the word poured mean anything to you? Yeah, I know, cause, but, and that is because those little animals are all over, like, Funko Pop and stuffed oh, animals all over the place. I don't know what it does. I just know it looks like a furry penguin or something. That's all I know. <laughs> mm, Find out me. more next month. Yep, not far away at all. Uh, but yeah, Thor, it's good. Again, I liked it. I just don't think it's anywhere near the top of the best Marvel movie list, in my right. opinion. It's uh, it, you should go see it. It's fun. It's a good time, and also the director loves to use the same shot over and over. And yeah, it's a great dramatic shot. Makes a great wallpaper for your computer or a cover photo for Facebook. Mm. But I'm like, yep, I saw Hulk jump at that thing. I saw Thor jump at that thing. I saw Hella jump. You know, like it's the same shot over and over. And it's again, it's pretty. But I mean, come on, get original. Yeah, you dire- And also, oh my God. Okay, now I'm going to start shitting on a little bit. It has some of the worst green screening I've ever seen in a <laughs> in a multi million dollar film. Uh, if you've seen the movie, you you can't you cannot argue. This is a moot point. There's a scene. This is in the very beginning where Thor and Loki are talking to Odin, and they are sitting on a fucking soundstage with the worst. Like, oh wow! And it, it's all in the lighting. They are lit unlike the background. So it's just like they're sitting on. I'm like they're sitting in a fucking studio, <laughs> and immediately well, most most things are, immediately yeah. taken out. And also know that they're sitting in a studio because Anthony Hopkins has huge sweat stains <laughs> under his. And he, I guess he had to put a jacket on him because he was like to hide them because you know you're in the studio lights. Those things aren't cool. Yeah. And then uh, and th- that's a nitpick. That's an that's an absolute nitpick. But again, when you when you've seen as many movies as I have, when you've made movies yourself, and like most people have, I mean that's a, a common thing these days. Mm-hmm. I'm not an exception anymore. Like. In the late 90s, yeah. having a video camera was a big fucking deal and then, not when everybody has one in their pocket now. But anyway, uh, you know, that's that's a nitpick. But uh, also, <laughs> like, continuity-based, like, Hella shows up with, uh, like, straight hair, lipstick on, like, looking total. I'm like, well, she looks different now. <laughs> and then the next, like, the next scene, she looks totally different. Like she wiped she her, she wiped her trailer. face first, and you know, so like reshoots or something happened. Like a couple of times, it was. It's just a continuity thing. Like you yeah. just saw her looking like this, then she shows up. Her makeup's different. Hmm. Took me out. It, it again. It took me out of it. Most people probably don't give a shit. And honestly, it doesn't matter for the story, because yeah. I'm, I'm had, watching the movie. I had a good time. In the movie I'm working on now, I had to add a scene because the actor wore two different shirts, and mm-hmm. he wasn't supposed to change. Yeah, so I had to make up a scene like. I guess he gets water on his shirt. He has to change. <laughs> so, see, that requires it. This movie, again, it doesn't take anything away from it except, like, yeah. you ha- this is a $100 million plus movie and you let shit like this slip in. Mm-hmm. That's laziness, in my opinion. Like, you have, a, you have three 
multi like huge actors and you're going to put them in front of this like this past muster out of the Disney brand like it was just it was horrible green screen there's another scene where Idris Elba's in uh like another green another clearly clearly green screen shot that they needed to spend a little more time on yeah they just if they just would have color corrected their live element or adjusted the back the, the stuff to look seamless it would have been fine but again I'm droning on and on. It's a nitpick. Regardless, it's it's a fun time. Kids are going to love it. I enjoyed myself. It's just I was expecting... It's called Ragnarok. I could use... I didn't expect it to be a comedy. It is right. almost a... It, is, it borders on spoof level. It's, wow. I mean, there is... Everything is a joke in this film. Every, and it's... And the, Action, adventure, comedy. I would put comedy first. Like, wow. if you want to... It is more of a comedy than anything. And again, that's how the Guardians movies are. I would put them... I would, I'd still put them action comedy because it has that dramatic push it has that dramatic thread that continues throughout all the stuff happening and mm. also i'll be perfectly honest with you guardians is smart humor yeah it's fun it's like that works on multiple levels it's funny this is oh she drank too much so she's i'm gonna come over there uh, and they go for the easy gag uh, it's easy gags at a laugh track and it's complete you could and it, it would it would fit yeah and again that's if you like that, I, I understand why people are loving that because it is different from other Marvel movies in that regard to where it is, and they have embraced the silliness of what's mm. happening. Jeff Goldblum, his character is all silly, and he's, he's phenomenal. I love him in this film. He's great. Uh, there's two end scenes. Make sure you stick around to the very, very end because there's another scene there, typical Marvel fashion. Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's good. It's just I didn't come away from it loving it. So I how does it. that make you feel about the future of Marvel movies? Well, it, I think it's this guy, the director. I think oh, it's really? I think his vision for this film. Well, okay, let me put it to you this way. I hope because this movie's getting such praise because of how silly it is, doesn't affect when Thanos shows up wanting to kill everybody that everybody's cracking jokes the whole time. No one knows who he is. He directed uh, Green Lantern. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said. How did he get, like, you give this dude this job? <laughs> you have a stable of directors with Joss Whedon, James Gunn, uh, the Rousseau brothers. You have all this talent, and this is the guy you give it to? Yeah. Now, again, directing visually, it's great. I'm not, I'm not dissing that, but it's the balance that you have to strike in a film. It's just like, uh, you know, you can't, most drama films have that little comedic element to break the drama because you... Passion of the Christ. There's no humor in that film. And it's just like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no pun intended. Yes, it is. No pun intended. It's like, you know, it, it, that's an intense movie from start to finish. Mm -hmm. You know, all the Marvel movies have that little humor aspect every now and then, but with restraint. This one is unrestrained. Yeah. And that's where I, it, it's a comedy. Had I gone onto it expecting that, I would I would have probably liked it a lot more. Again, mm -hmm. still liked it. Still fun. Go see it. And I enjoyed it. But I hope the other Marvel Universe movies are not affected by... Going, going full comedy. To use that reference again, the Tropic Thunder, you know. So, and, uh, it, and this wasn't the one. This, you know, again, it's Ragnarok. Yeah. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay, this is obviously influenced by Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's the but the outer space version of the Marvel Universe because of what Guardians has set up. It is that colorful neon, yeah, almost retro Earth like aesthetic to it. So I accept that. But again, trailer gives away too much. It's too silly. They reuse the same shot over and over and over. And you'll when you watch it, you'll be like, "There it is again." I'll wait for it to come home like I uh, did for Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, it, 
that um, I'll go out. I mean, my wife doesn't really watch those Marvel yeah. movies, so I mean, again, it's 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 great. It's visual. It's a it's a good movie like that you could leave on while you're doing something else. Yeah, one of those type of films. I have a lot of those. But it's you no know, Guardians two. What I think that's the only other. Well, Homecoming and Guardians two. I think are the only other Marvel movies that came out this year. I think Guardians two blows it away still for me. Hmm. That movie was and it was a good movie. Like, uh, and James Gunn knows how to use music. He's like Tarantino. He knows when to put in music. Yeah, the right music that fits. This dude just played immigrant song like three times in the movie, and that was it. Hmm. Now the score for the film. I downloaded the score. The score is great. It's got a very uh, almost uh, Kung Fury vibe to it. Synthesize like that's a horrible <laughs> imitation. Sorry, but you know the the soundtrack fits. The score is great. If there was a soundtrack album, it would have one track, and it would be Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody, I guess nobody heard of AC, ACDC's Thunderstruck or, you know, any other, anything else to do with Thunder. You know, that would have been way more, you know, use Immigrant Song here, let's use something different here. This isn't your score. Led Zeppelin isn't your score. So, again, <laughs> I'm nitpicking, sorry. Uh, but uh, the other movie I saw, I saw Valerian. And Don't mind the noise in the background. It's icebergs falling out of the refrigerator. But of uh, uh, Luc Besson's uh, Valerian with Dane DeHaan and Kara, uh, Clara, Delvine, chick from Suicide Squad, and I think that's all I can remember her from. But uh, again, very pretty. Uh, but it's it's worth watching. But it's no Fifth Element. It's uh, you you can almost see that it took place in the same kind of world, maybe like Earth w- was looking like that. Like you know, you're on a different place in the same universe. Yeah. I guess you, I can see that because, again, it's Luc Besson. So uh, the best, uh, I don't really care. Dane DeHaan is a good actor. I didn't mind him, but uh, Clara Delvine is just, she's not my favorite. I think she's very wooden. Uh, so I don't think they really had that good chemistry. I think he did fine, but I think you probably needed, he was a different kind of hero because he's, you know, he's thin, he's lanky, he's not like muscular or anything. Mm-hmm. So I, that was kind of refreshing. You don't have like, just throw Arnold it's no rock, although the rock would have been pretty great in it. It's great in anything, uh, but visually stunning, and as in the Fifth Element, look us on doing a hyper futuristic film, like the 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 ideas that he has for like spaceships and alien races and all that. Uh, Star Wars could take a a few pages from his book for unique looking aliens. Uh, put it to you that way. Hmm. Oh, and, and uh, Clive Owen's in it. Always good to see Clive Owen. Yeah. Underrated fucking actor. Go watch Children of Men and wonder yeah, why this dude isn't a star. Uh, a bigger Clive star Owen? than he should yeah, be. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, he's, he's a movie a star, films. but I mean, he's he's he, he's like Eric Bana now. He's reduced to these supporting roles yeah. instead of being the star that they should be. Like Children of Men. Good That's God. What, that was he, why movie. did he not get more accolades for that? Yeah. And that, why did not that film, period, not get more accolades? Never, right. never understand. But uh, yeah, so that wraps it up. Everything I mentioned is worth seeing. Stranger Things 2, Thor, Valerian. Although none or nothing, uh, you know, none of these are going to be on the best of list for me. Put it to you that way. Actually, I don't know because I haven't made a list yet. But we are approaching the end of the year, <laughs> so we'll see. But hey, Star Wars is still coming out. Uh, Justice League, which I don't really care. <laughs> I bought my tickets for it today, but it's just like I'm not excited for it. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's just like, eh. I'm excited to see Gal Gadot on screen again because I love... Looking at Gal Gadot and watching her kick all sorts of ass. So looking forward to that. But uh, pretty much, I'm just thinking what else comes out this year. Uh, big name-wise, of course, Star Wars next month. Justice League this month. And that's really about it. So definitely time to start thinking about top ten lists for the year. But more on that when we get to it. Uh, actually, this episode is becoming a monster in terms of time. 
But uh, yeah, we're over an hour. Yeah, which is more than I thought I could talk about <laughs> that film. But although, I think we're over an hour. But anyway, I got a couple of emails, both from a new listener and one of our good friends. So we'll give uh, the new listener first priority. Sorry, Ben. Uh, but this is from Joshua Carr, and I met him on Facebook in that Facebook group that I've mentioned before wow. about uh, are we watching the same movie, which actually the guy that started that is ending it with his current bracket, which is best Pixar movie. So that's actually going away. It just got out, It became a monster for him. So And he, he didn't do polls or anything. He would count the votes himself, like read oh, wow. 200 comments per each one and do all that. So hats off to that. I know how much, I mean, just coming up with the notes for this podcast sometimes take me yeah. more time than I can allow during the day between stuff. So, But anyway... Uh, Josh says, Yo, Trey and Jesse, Josh Carr here, big fan of the show. I've only been here since hearing about the podcast through Trey and the movie group, AWWTSM, which I already explained what that was. I must say, as an avid fantasy football podcast listener, I have found my substitute. Thank you very much. He's a Baton Rouge <laughs> fireman, but I clean pools as a side job, and it gives me the perfect opportunity to delve into podcasts. Oh, here lately. Yeah. Oh, he's a local. Yeah, he's a local. Oh, cool. Uh, so we, and here lately, 80s visited. Thank you again. Thank you for being a firefighter. I know that's... Uh, a tough job sometimes, and cleaning pools has to be just as bad. No Please one, no never one pools visit in this my house area. while you're working. <laughs> yes, I, don't, I hope I never see you on the job. Yeah. <laughs> Except my apartment complex has a pool, so maybe in that regard. Right. But uh, not, in, not in the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. But he says, uh, though I was an 86er, I still enjoyed 80s movies while growing up in the 90s. I love horror especially. Trey, you mentioned video stores frequently. Friday nights at Blockbuster was the shit. There was a video store off <laughs> Millerville and South Harrells Ferry, which locals know where that is. Front uh, Target. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it was a video visions, but I'm not sure. That sounds familiar. I think I remember the sign with the VV. Yeah, that sounds. I think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. I never went to that one. That oh, was yeah, out yeah. of my range. Okay, so yeah, there was a blockbuster in front of where Target is, and then yeah, which is now mattress. Video fine, visions. That does sound familiar. Yeah, but it was over there on the. But in of, that same regard, right around that area, there was also a Dell Champs where they rented a lot of videos. Yeah, that's where I rented most of my stuff. Uh, he mentions that uh, that store he felt like it was Visions but not sure okay uh, it had a horror section a separate room and the entrance was a facade built similar to an eerie house or cabin from Friday the 13th when you walked in and turned to your right Jason was behind you it's so awesome <laughs> I love when video stores like did that yeah like movie and video where I went as a kid the only thing they did they had their sections you know little cubbies so to speak and the horror movie section would have horror movie posters on the wall above and that was about as far as they got but like stuff like that that's so awesome yeah that added to the you know, the, the literally dead mystique of video stores, since there's pretty much only one in Alaska now. <laughs> the last functioning blockbuster, which is, like, people, like, go just as... That's a tourist attraction now. That's so crazy. But mm. it makes perfect sense for the people that live out there, because that's the only way they can get movies. Uh, but anyway, let's see. Uh, when you walked in, Toronto Jace was behind you. It was awesome as a 10-year-old, I imagine. That's so cool. Like, so many memories growing up in with, having to do with video stores. Uh, another cool story that kind of piggybacks off Ben Wyatt's. Uh, my dad used to work at Co-op Video Store off Greenwell Springs. You know, the one that always had a, a grill outside they dressed up for different occasions? <laughs> he got a Chucky doll that had suction cups on his hands and feet so you could stick them in your vehicle windows. Well, he used to strategically place them around the house to scare me, and it worked every time. I go on forever, but I know y'all are just doing, but no, y'all are, just know y'all are doing a great job, and I wait on pins and needles each week for the next cast. Keep up the good work, Josh. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Uh, get off the pins and needles. Yeah. That's that could be dangerous, but uh, hey man, I know I talked to you several times on Facebook. I appreciate that. It's always good to hear some feedback, whether it's good or bad. Just know that people out there, you know, think the way we do. Yep, that's that's comforting to know there are sick fucks out there that are <laughs> as lame as we are. Just kidding, of course. Uh, but thanks again, Josh. Appreciate it. And be safe out there, both in fighting fires and cleaning pools. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, he's like a... He could drown or burn. Yeah, he's like got, he's got the worst of both worlds, you know, right. fire, out of control fire and dirty water. <laughs> so, uh, we, you nevertheless, you know, that's, that's a commendable job, mainly the uh, pool cleaning because this is the South. Yeah. So, and having a above ground pool in my old house many years ago, just me trying to keep that up was not good. <laughs> so I can't imagine I would do it. But anyway, uh, speaking of Ben Wyatt, as we mentioned his name like four times already, uh, he says, hey guys, I'm only seeing, this is in uh, response to last week's episode on Godzilla, of course. I've only seen a few Godzilla films, but I highly recommend Godzilla Final Wars. Probably my top three favorite, got one of my personal top three Godzilla films. But he goes on to say, because it has a huge cast of villains, including the 90s American Godzilla, and I really enjoyed the 2014 Godzilla, but I think it's not very good after the first watch and in getting those Godzilla money shots. I haven't seen it since it came out as well. Yeah, but I can. I definitely I see about that. The same thing. Because when you're watching it that first time, it's that anticipation, and all of a sudden pans up. Yeah. Then his tail glows like, oh shit! <laughs> so I definitely. I mean, again, I haven't watched it again since then, but I can definitely see that, and I'm sure that's probably correct. Uh, I watched Shin Godzilla as soon as it's streaming on a service that I have. Yeah, it's different, like I mentioned last week, but it, it's still a good movie. It's an interesting take on the Godzilla uh, character. Uh, as a kid, I remember watching more Gamera movies than any other kaiju, but couldn't tell you any plot details. I've seen a ton of them, and I can't tell you them either, Ben. I just know <laughs> Gamera goes into a shell and spins off and fights different monsters. Because, <laughs> uh, again, my family, I've never seen one that wasn't being riffed on either on Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks. So, so someone's I really don't over know the, <laughs> the plot line. The only one I really remember is he fights some hammerhead shark looking monster that had like a, his head was like knife, like a knife shape. Huh. Really weird. Like, actually, like a paint knife. Really silly monster. But uh, he also goes on to say, WrestleMania is now off the table, which makes me want to make a sad face. Me personally, not Ben, on the email. Uh, because I've just booked flights for a two-week trip to Japan in June, but I'm sure I'll get to the U.S. sometime. Speaking of Japan, the Toho Cinemas with the giant Godzilla peering over, it plays a classic Godzilla theme every half hour, not as Roar, which I think I said last episode. Because uh, I've never been to Japan, and now Ben's going for like the fourth right. or third time. So. Ben sent that to me. In a, in a oh, he sent you the picture? Yeah. The, that's so funny. <laughs> just imagine walking through the streets and like out of the corner of your eye, like, what the hell? Like, oh shit. Oh, yeah. it's just a building. It's not actually Godzilla attacking <laughs> Tokyo while I'm visiting, which would be my luck, because that's how my luck works. Right. But I would count that as a win as long as I didn't die, but that's not, that's not for certain. I would hope it would be good Godzilla defending us against some villain. Uh, so I'm sorry to hear you're not coming, Ben, but of course I know eventually, hopefully one day you'll either make it out this way or I'll make it out there because uh, Japan's still my number one foreign country to want to visit. Mm. So, and it's only a plane ride. You know, coming back, visit Japan, swing down to Tasmania, and then head back up to California. A friend of mine's on a plane right now heading to Japan. Is Left DJ? this morning. Or who? Uh, Jerry. Okay. I don't know if you met Jerry. Don't know Jerry. Yeah. Lucky bastard. Had two board game people leave today on trips. <laughs> so, we're always going to Japan. Well, one's going to Oregon, one's going to Japan. Yeah, I'd rather go to Japan. Yeah. Oh, I've never been to Oregon. I would like to visit that part of the country. Yeah, Portland. Anyway, uh, wrapping up Ben's email, he says, I'm just watching NJPW now, which I think New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Chris Jericho has challenged Kimi- Kenny Omega for a title match at Wrestle Kingdom in January. It's pretty crazy for him to appear there, but hopefully he gets his head kicked in. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations on your news, Trey. Talk later, my friends, which the news he's talking about, which I haven't talked about on the podcast, because when I talk about on the podcast, I just feel like everything's okay in the world. I'm just talking about movies. That's what you're doing. Yeah, but uh, anyway, I'm happy to announce that my (laughs) wife is pregnant and we're having a baby or something. Or or something. Yeah. It just hasn't hit, I guess it hasn't hit me yet. Mm-hmm. I always hear like with guys, it's different. Some people, it's when you 
you feel them kick, or some people, it's not until they're born when you, right, you right. find that's when it hits you. But, you know, I'm the type of person, like, when we go on, vac- when we go on vacations, we might have a book for a year. Hey, we're going to Europe in, like, 460 days to Europe? Like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't care at all because again, it's so far away. Now, like, when I'm on the plane going somewhere, that's when I'm, oh, we're on vacation. It's happening. It's like, it's ah, real yes. now. Yep, exactly. So... I don't mean to say like oh, I'm hoping that happens, but I mean I think that's I think that's when it's going to hit me. It's like, yeah. oh shit, it's real. So, but thank you, nevertheless, no, Ben. Ben's that. got two kids of his own, so he's a he's a pro. So I've <laughs> signed my death warrant. Oh, excuse me, my uh, my uh, death sentence. I don't know what it is. So, Mm-mm. nevertheless, it's a new adventure. I'm happy for it. Don't get me wrong. I pick on Autumn all the time. Like, I hope you did this to me. I am still child free, intentionally so. Yeah, we were. We had a good run, me and Autumn. We had almost 10 years, almost nine years together, and then, of course, t- then married and all that without it ever coming up. So, What year did you meet? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I March. I met somewhere like it was 2003 or 2004 for us. 2006, 2007. So, yeah. Oh, I met her before then, but we didn't start dating yeah, actively yeah. until... It's, we've been dating we've been together times. roughly about 10 years. All I was, those young people dramas back then. Yep. <laughs> that's how I'll try to live my life, drama-free. Sure. But it always finds me. Somehow it creeps in through somewhere. Uh, next week, um, I got a couple. I'm planning on doing Starman. We'll mm-hmm. see. If not, I'll post something if something else gets watched in the meantime. Yeah. Because uh, it's hard. For, Autumn hates Starman simply because her mother, her ex, her mother's ex used to watch it all the time, so she automatically hates it. Not that that bars me from watching it, but it's just a matter of like... Imagine I want to watch that, Starman. I'm going to bed. Imagine that on like the cover of the VHS, like as a quote <laughs> from her. If she was a reviewer, didn't like it because my, my ex, my my mom's uh, ex, ex, my father-in-law a, watched it too many times. <laughs> we all have those movies. Hers is Joe Dirt. Two she stars. loves fucking Joe Dirt. I hate Joe Dirt. She loves mainly because Dirt. David Spade has never been funny to me. He's yeah. only funny when he's the straight man to Chris Farley, and he rode Chris Farley's pigtails. Excuse me, coattails. <laughs> I would like David Spade to impress us one day. Yeah. He's that, just, that'd be something. I, I could see that happening. It's like, whoa, do you see David Spade? Actually, he can act. Even on SNL, just like, enough. yeah, uh, bye-bye. Yeah, Not funny. Skip. Oh, oh, it's a David Spade segment? I'm going through his stuff, and Tales it's from pretty the much all the... It, there's nothing here. Yeah, I'm not a... Like, I don't like, like... Joe Dirt is not funny to me at all. Mm. Like, I can't laugh at that. I guess because it's too close to home. I don't know, not really, but uh, that's her guilty pleasure, you know. Yeah. But I, if I can like, if I can praise Street Fighter for being a masterpiece of cinema, I can I can give her Joe Dirt, and I can give other people other movies allowances. David Spade's first appearance, Police Academy Four. Well, that's probably that's probably the best thing he was ever in <laughs> <laughs> until Tommy Boy. Was it Tom, was that the first one with them? Because then it was like Tommy Boy, Black. Sh- I'm missing one. No, that's the two. I think. I thought there was another one that I'm missing. Like of. Farley. Farley and Spade. Was it just Tommy Boy and Black Sheep? I think so. Yeah, that's what I always thought it was. I feel like I'm missing one of them. I guess not. I mean, he's been in other things without him, like yeah. PCU. He was, was in that. Um, eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. Not a draw. Never will. I'd like for him to surprise me. Like, Dickie wow. Roberts. Yeah, it's always the same old crap from him, though. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You're doing that? Great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and not do that. Yeah, there's other comedians who can do that better than you. And I don't want to bash their head in with a crowbar when I see him. Because I can't stand David Spade. Right. But that's just me. Hey, David, do, you do you, bro. Yeah. You've, you got more money than I'll ever have. You've, uh, you've done... 
Unless yeah, Spielberg hears this that. podcast and hears all those movie ideas we talk about, like, hey, these guys are great. I need them. I need new ideas. Hollywood's out of ideas. But Trey and Jesse got ideas. There you go. Vandalay Industries. <laughs> that's nothing to do with Spielberg, but that's our <laughs> fictional production company, Vandalay Productions. Vandalay. <laughs> Actually, we do have a production company called Shylight Productions. To catch it on YouTube. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, if you've got an email that you'd like to send in, um, much like Josh and our good friend Ben did, and our good friend Josh, he's a friend now, uh, uh, 80s at gmail.com. Hit us up there on Facebook uh, at Awesome Pods, Twitter at 80s Revisited. And as always, a couple of plugs to our good friends, both near and far. John and James were now versed in nostalgia. Actually, I didn't talk to John, but we actually texted him for the first time in a while because I just keep forgetting with uh, everyday life and all that. But uh, he always would send me pictures uh, he, he collects the Hallmark ornaments. And oh. they always have like very 80s-centric ones, and he always mm. would send me pictures of them. Well, because uh, Autumn's pregnant and always grouchy, I took her to Target. <laughs> like, we went, we went Christmas shopping for like some decorations already. Oh, wow. I usually like to wait till at least November's in the double digits, but that right. doesn't work. Because again, Halloween's my month, uh, October's my month. I tell her December's her month, but it is since, because Christmas stuff was Taking already out November. before October. I have to acquiesce to that. But anyway... So when they go into the Hallmark store and they had Ripley and her power loader as a mm-hmm. Hallmark ornament, so like, oh, John, I got to send this to John. He's like, oh, already got it. <laughs> or uh, he already seen him at least. But uh, so I, you know, John's still doing good as far as my knowledge. And also, uh, he shout still out has to his her. fingers at least. You know that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in. <laughs> he still got his iPhone plan, yeah. his phone. But uh, and also to our friend across the world, who's already living in tomorrow, Ben Wyatt with the Asia Mania podcast. And that kind of does it for this week. So next week, whether it's Starman or not, I promise you it will be a better movie worth your time, unlike the one we talked about today with Saturday the 14th. So I forgot we even did that. <laughs> I know. It's been so long. The second half of the episode was way more entertaining, I'm sure, right. than drowning on on about Saturday the 14th. So, But until next week, everybody, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! On Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. Pods.